You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Celtics Stuff Live with your hosts, Justin Poulin and John Duke. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. Justin and John here with you. And John, please don't make me walk down the officiating in the Atlanta game path today. I just I don't want to get I don't want to get crazy about that. But that game was frustrating. Now, I think I predicted a skid. We're back a little bit earlier than we had originally kind of planned. Mm-hmm. But we're going to give you a, an episode here over the weekend and then another one mid to late next week. So we'll make up for the holidays. I hope everybody enjoyed them. Happy New Year. But I think right now you're the one that's the most on track because I predicted the skid after the new year, which I'm not sure we totally got to yet. And the density of games coming up is definitely going to impact that. But so far, only one loss since we last talked. One loss. Uh, it was a bad one. <laughs> Let's not, we won't sugarcoat it. I mean, yeah. maybe it might have been, you know, one of the worst losses, if not the worst loss. I mean, certainly in terms of margin, it was the biggest loss they've had this season. Um, even bigger than than what happened against Philly on opening night. But you know, apart from that, I mean, look, they also went to Toronto on Christmas Day and kicked them in the teeth, and that does that seems to like get forgotten. I don't really understand why. Um, I thought Boston's effort on Christmas Day was absolutely phenomenal. Jalen Brown was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, that yes, it it sucks to lose like that at home. Clearly, Toronto was pretty upset about the fact the way that game went down at home on Christmas Day, and they came back with a little bit of energy. Boston was coming off a back-to-back, and, you know, just didn't really have it that day. But so what? It's over. Um, You know, those are going to happen two times in the first, what are we talking about here, 30? At least it was a good game. I mean, not a good game. At least it was a good opponent. It was a good opponent. Absolutely, it was a good opponent. If when you're going to lose, that's what that's what have been really frustrating in the if they had lost to Atlanta, and yes, the officiating would have been tough to take. But even then, they didn't play well for most of that game. Their intensity rose, and that's part of the reason they were down early and not getting officials calls was because they looked lackluster. They looked lazy, and so the officials figured that a lot of that stuff was lazy. But when are they going to lift the ban on Tice? When are they going to let that man free? Like, what do the officials Never. have against Germany? 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yikes. Now, I don't know. Throw I mean, it down the gauntlet. Right? Yeah. Call him out and give the man a break. I mean, he, he does get a bad whistle over and over and over and over again. I really don't and he's completely understand great. it. And he's he, played great. And pretty much, yeah. I want to talk about Tice, Wanamaker, and Canner. Like, those are the three guys. I mean, granted, we can talk about how the heck Taco falls even in the all-star voting. We can talk about Brown and Tatum and Kemba and their chances of making the all-star team, as well as maybe a Gordon Hayward, but probably not. But, you know, voting's just opening, and he's there again. But I really – I feel like this show should talk about Canner, Tice, and Wanamaker, because even in that Atlanta game, Wanamaker, really strong. He's just mentally sound out there. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He does the right thing, and he's really strong with that left hand. And if you look at the at the end of the Atlanta game, Jalen was big, but then all of a sudden he made a couple of boneheaded, missed some free throws, made a bad pass. And after the bad pass, Canner's the one coming down the floor, you know, kind of like, hey, guys, let's keep it light. Keep it up, you know. And I, I really like his energy out on the court. I, I think you might see him finish more games uh, over the course of the season. Yikes. I, think, <laughs> I know you say yikes. But he's a huge contributor on the glass for them. Yeah, but – you know, and I think there's certain lineups that works with against certain teams because you you need to have a situation where you're you're not going to get killed with pick and roll defense. I mean, look, he, he has he has played much better since he came back from the bone bruise. No one is. I mean, that's that's another kind of unreported situation. The bone bruise really sl- probably slowed him down worse so than than we're even we were acknowledging it as as fans watching every game. You know, but on the other hand, um, I mean, he still has his his issues. I mean. The game against Toronto was not his finest hour, okay? It wasn't Tice's finest hour for that matter either. But he he is more active defensively than what we've seen or what probably what we anticipated. And probably once that bone bruise started to heal in his knee, that's when we started to see more activity. I think the month of December has been a good one for him. And you look at his his career long numbers, he's this is it's the anomaly. And I don't think it's an anomaly in such a way that oh it's it's you know, throw it out. It's his, you've, he's been bad everywhere else almost. And coming here and we're playing with Brad Stevens or for Brad Stevens, he has figured it out. Now, what do his defensive ratings look like so far this season? Oh, I knew you were going to bring, when I said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you made it here. I'll give you a minute. Follow Celtics stuff live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John's at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS media network at CLNS media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans and download the CLNS media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS media in your app marketplace, youtube.com slash CLNS media for high definition, full length locker room interviews, the Garden Report, and yours truly, Celtics Stuff Live. Did that give you enough time, John? Oh, man, that was just enough time. You feel like we've done this before, my man. I know. Is that on the money? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to the rescue. Let's do, a couple, let's do a couple different things. Okay, so defensive rating, all right? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read you the number defensive rating for his Can career. Put it down for December too. Okay, so you're just gonna do this season. I'm just looking at career. I'm, yeah, yeah, I I'd can. Love, I'd love to see the the month of December too, but go ahead, let's roll. Okay, this. well I'll work on that too. Jesus. All right, fine. Uh, how about this? This is career numbers for uh, for Mr. Cantor. 105, 107, 112, 106, uh, 105, 107, 108, 111, uh, 109, and this year 100. So he's an average defensive player via defensive rating. 
this year. Every other year, complete sieve. Let's go to defensive <laughs> box plus yep. minus. Minus 2.1, minus 1.2, minus 1.8, minus 2.3, minus 3.1, minus 1.9, minus 0.2, and then this year, 2.8. So the gap between even his best year in defensive box plus minus, he's he's as good defensively, almost as bad as he's been uh, everywhere else. So uh, this is... This is good stuff. He, the numbers are showing uh, that he's he's a positive contributor out there. Um, I, I I feel like I'd like to see the Celtics overall pick and roll defense go up a notch. I mean, the way that they the lack of attention and pressure that they were putting on Atlanta to start that game was completely gross. Um, and, and and that's not just candor. That's everybody. But you know. I think that's the mark on by which Cantor is going to be judged. Can he defend the pick and roll effectively? And if he can, uh, that's going to work. You know, he's going to play a lot more. He's going to be playing end of games because what is end of game? It's pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. So, yeah, I, could he play more? Yes. Um, I think it's a lot more likely we see Ennis Cantor in the closing lineups in May than we see Andre Drummond. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, Andre Drummond, uh, here's the thing. I, I hear you on the pick-and-roll defense and everything else, but even in that Atlanta game, if you look at one of the major lifts in energy, it was Canner's minutes. Um, you know, so regardless of the pressure on the pick and roll, he still has an impact on turning the game around when there's an issue there. So I know you're a little eh on finishing the games, but I think I think he could get better. Are you looking up the monthly numbers? Like, can we can we compare December with his season to date? I'm just saying, if he's all over, he's already trending better. Listen, we take two weeks off, and now you're all over me to get these numbers. Holy Moses! I'll do the talking, and you get the stats. (laughs) I'll work on it. Keep talking. Well, I just I want to take I want to take a look at it because. Like you just said, you know, his numbers are already better than his career numbers in Boston, which is not a surprise because um, also just the way that they play team defense in general. Like if he's out, think about some of the stops he's been on. We're not exactly talking stellar teams, right? And defense wins championships. So anybody with the team defense that's required in the NBA who plays on a team that plays better defense is going to look better. Those numbers are going to trend. But I'd love to see, like you said, with the bone bruise, you know, was is December even carrying the torch with those statistics so far this year? And if he continues on this pace, can he be slightly better than average defender? I just think the rebounding aspect is so critical for this club. Those second chance points, you know, being able to get in there and especially when they're when they're typically a three point shooting team, when things get tough, right? Things get really tough when their three point shots don't fall. And it's great to see the aggressiveness from Brown. He's learning how to draw contact. It's great to see Tatum continue to attack. And at some point it's going to fall and everybody can just leave him alone for a little bit. Um, so let's hear the stats. How's he trending? Thanks to December. Okay. So <laughs> his, all right, his defensive, well, I'll just, all three months, October, he was actually 98 which is pretty good, Uh, 101.2 in November, 97 in December, and then, of course, just the one game um, in this What's the the league average? Where's the mark for league average? 100. 100. 
So in December, he's better than average, at least in that stat. By, okay. by, a, good, by a good chunk. I mean, 97 is a pretty, pretty darn good number, you know. Do you uh, see where that would put it? Well, never mind. Go to the next one. I'm wondering well, where 90 – like, who does he who does he go with on the year if he were to maintain a 97? You know what okay. I mean? Like, okay, so you want to look at, like, look at overall leaders. Contextually, yeah, yeah, I got look at the season if he were able to draw that out. I'll 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 get that number in a second, but just so that his net rating right now, okay, in terms of his net rating, he's a plus 19.6 when he's on the court in November, 17.6 in December, with a lot more minutes played too, Um, and and then of course you know we'll throw out January at this point, but uh, that's great, plus 17 with higher minutes, that's really strong. That's the rebounding impact. Even if even if he's better than average defensively, a lot of that is the second chance opportunities. I got to believe it. Not to mention they find ways to feed the ball to him inside, um, and well, that does a, help. Here's an interesting number that I don't know what it means. Maybe it doesn't matter much, but his defensive rating when he has more than two days rest is 92.7. Uh, five days rest is 89 and 91 for six days rest, which must career be or this rated. season. Just the season. So it's, that's wow. That's a sample of nine games, which you know, in a season like that, that's not little, but he's significantly better when he's got more rest. Which speaks to injury it, right? potential, right? Yeah, well, but at the same time, conditioning, um, and he's only, like you said, with the bone bruise and the increase in minutes, he's probably just starting to get into game shape. I, this is what I'm thinking. That's why I said I think we might see him, you know, finishing games. Is I think he's trending. I think he's trending well right now. I think he's having a, a, a well, the 17 points tells you that he's having a great deal of impact. Um, on the success of the team and and what's going on in terms of swinging you know any kind of a run when he's out there let's let's talk about bet online real quick and then you can tell me where 97 ranks um you know if that were to draw out over in the course of an entire season based on who are some other players in that range right now football and basketball seasons are in full swing get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners betonline.ag sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild prop bets like who will make the college football playoff, who will be the NFL MVP. Get the fastest market odds, updates, and payouts with our new sports bet Sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to BetOnline today on your mobile device to join and use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, right. you, want, you want some weird stuff? This is crazy. All oh, right, my God. I'm it. glad this you asked this because this is, this is really show. interesting. This is a great show. We have not done a show like this in a while. How about some flavor for our okay. listeners? So let's just we're just going to talk we say about the you're welcome right now. What's that? Can we just say you're welcome right now? You're welcome <laughs> right now. We're going to it right now. Right off the breath of jump here. Welcome. All right. So you're if we take out players that have played, you know, like like a Taco Fall, Henry Ellenson, um, a couple guys like that. OK, he right now of players who have played 20 games or more. OK, so that's a fairly decent sample size. Actually, if you said 21, it'd be a different. If it's if it's more than 20, he has the second best defensive rating of any center in the league. 
No way. <laughs> if you take out Mike Mascala, who uh, has played uh, 20 games, um, averaging 10 minutes a game, he's the number one center for defensive rating in the league. <laughs> now, that has a lot to do with the players he's out there, the perimeter ball pressure. Like, again, you can't totally, you know, take that away from him. You can't totally give it to him, but you can't take it away from him either. If he's If he's in that ballpark, why wouldn't he finish games? Let me give you names, the guys who are immediately behind him, okay? So Ennis Cantor, we're saying he's first or second, depending on what, how you want to look at it. Number number right behind him, Joel Embiid. Behind him, Mark Gasol. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, so, Philly. Suck so if Philly. he really does, I know, just so we have something against Philly. If, if he starts shooting threes, is 19th, by the way. He just has to shoot threes like he told us he would in the preseason. And the next thing you know, you know. Embiid equals Cantor. That's right. <laughs> I think everyone knows that. I think, right? Dude, the stats don't lie. They tell the truth. <laughs> the hips don't lie, nor do the stats. That's yeah. right. Uh, man, that's hilarious. Actually, yeah. though, what it does say, though, is that the team can still be an elite defensive team with Cantor out on the floor. That That's the most important way to look at this. You know, they, again, they, it's the switchability that impacts those numbers, but they lack rebounding. And that's why they went and got Cantor. I'm not saying that every matchup to your point in the Philly matchups, he hasn't necessarily looked great against the 76ers. Um, but neither is Tice. Like nobody at the center position has looked right. good against Philly. Speaking of not looking good in Philly, they suck right now. They are sliding. And, and, the, and remember, those two teams play this coming Thursday. So that I'm uh, that's circled, I think, on a lot of people's calendars. It is for me because I, I, I want to see Boston give them their best punch and see if they can see what they can do. So can we look ahead and the whole virus thing. It's nice to see smart done with the eye injury oh, and he's yeah. out there, you know, really making. By the way, he really got away with it at the end of the Atlanta game. Like, I love smart. And I love the way he finished it with the fire, but he almost threw it away. That whole fake stepping on stuff, you know, if they had called the tee the other way, that game could be going to overtime. Um, and 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 let's also, you know, be be real, uh, be realistic. Collins going down had a big impact on the Celtics' ability to win that walking away too. Yeah, you know, like that. Yeah, but also we never there's no Kemba. And no Kemba in a game like that with Trey Young guarding you, who is one of the, if not the worst defender in the league, and certainly in the top five of the worst defenders in the league. Um, I, I, the whole Trey Young experience, I think, is completely ridiculous. He he might be a, he he is a great passer. I'm not gonna say he might be. He is a great passer. He is an amazing scorer. I mean, he's averaging 29 a game. But that guy's on-off numbers. His team does better when he sits than when he plays. You're not an all-star if that's the case. I'm sorry. Yep. I don't care. Yep. Like, that's just – and I know it's – Well, did you see the stats where they were but... comparing, you know, Donkic and uh, and Trey Young and the stats, and they made that look so favorable because, you know, the whole trade and everything. But come on, Atlanta. You look stupid for not going after Donkic at this oh, point. Oh, terrible. It's terrible. Like, totally terrible. And, and, again, I'm not crapping on Trey Young. He's just not as good as he looks, and the team record has a lot to say about that, to your point. But you can't compare those two players. You can't. What, no. And especially because they basically took the playmaking uh, right out of the comparison. Because uh, what Donkic does to draw attention and create more for others. And it's not like – I'm not saying – 
Porzingis isn't better than Collins because he is right now, and Collins has barely played this season because of PEDs and suspensions, et cetera. You know, but Doncic definitely has some help on his squad, and it's deeper than Atlanta's. But at the end of the day, I you just can't look at those two at anywhere close to equals. No, I, I no, they're not equals. I mean, there's a gap there, and and I know that people are looking at the scoring numbers and they're saying, oh, well, look, Trey Young's got 29 a game. His team's won seven games. Like, I just – the reason why I brought that up is because Trey Young was talking all night long. And I think that was – Marcus was frustrated and felt he'd won the game and wanted to send a message there. And, you know, if Marcus Smart isn't the guy who sent that message, then I don't know who is. So, Oh, he's definitely the guy, I, which is why – and look, the fans loved it. Absolutely. You know I mean? like, but, but he really put that game at risk. Yeah, it wasn't great. But I, I also, again, I, I, I am tempering it. I, well, I, want <laughs> I mean, I literally had to walk you through this episode to give Ennis Canner some credit that you've been reluctantly willing to give him. Now, all of a sudden, your opinion has changed. Now we're at Marcus, and Marcus literally let his emotions get away with him yesterday, which is okay, because you've got to take the positives and the negatives on that, but you're really trying to sugarcoat that situation for oh, Marcus. I just, I, I mean, like, the game was over. Like, even if they had called a technical, it's one foul, you know, they get the ball back. I mean, it was it, the game was over, I felt. I felt the game was over. Now, was it unnecessary? Absolutely. You know, the coach in me would be like, hell no. But as a player, I'm like, no, I want to send Trey Young a message. Like, don't be a punk. Don't be a punk. Be a good player. Don't be a punk. And he's running his mouth. And, you know, obviously Smart was upset about the elbow that he got called for foul on, even though. If we were a seven-win team playing, you know, the second in the East Philadelphia 76ers, and Marcus Smart was talking the way Trey Young was, we'd have a completely different perspective on it. We'd be like, yeah, Marcus, you know, and, you know, yeah, stick those shots in their face and carry this team to a victory. You know, I just think if you're an Atlanta fan, especially when you're looking for whatever you can get, and if you are Trey Young, talking is how he's trying to get up to get over <laughs> into double-digit wins. Like, Probably. you you got to find motivation wherever you can get it. I mean, I don't want to put Trey Young anywhere near Dockage, but I also don't want to, you know, take away his competitive fire he's an undersized guy that was the big knock on him but he had the Steph Curry range which we saw you know in a couple of shots during that game but at the same time like listen I know you're calling him a punk and it is a little punkish but he's on a seven win team it takes a punk to carry that that team upward and to another level and you've got to take risks and big swings of the bat and this would have been a statement game. If they had walked away with a win, even without Kemba Walker on the Celtics roster, they could have built something off of that. So good on him for trying to bring it. That's what I think. That's fine. But he doesn't play for my team, so screw him. So anyway, next. Oh, I'm, I'm with you on screw him. I'm with you on screw him. I, I just, and, I, and, I, and I love Marcus's fight. I'm just yeah, saying, like, yeah. that's that's the asterisk next to Marcus, that every once in a while he's going to get right up on that line. And and the great thing is it used to really work against him with the officiating, right? He used to get the Jalen Brown. Before Jalen Brown, there was Marcus Smart. And now Jalen Brown's getting credit. And I think I tweeted this out right before. And it was a total jinx because I tweeted, hey, Marcus, he's clutch. I mean, 
Brown, he's clutch and it's creating offense, et cetera. What more could you ask for? Then, you know, he makes a boneheaded pass and misses two free throws. And I'm like, ah, it's my fault. My bad. But even Jalen used to get that treatment from the officials. But now that he's more smart on offense, it's almost like they're giving him a break on D. He's not he's getting the benefit of the doubt now at the other end of the floor. And I always said several times over the last few years that once Jalen got some respect on the defensive end, he was going to be a major impact player. And now, and it's ironic to me that him being more controlled offensively is leading to that, you know, defensively and getting that credit. Cause they always knew he had a, a elite athleticism, but there were like little grabs and, you know, slightly moving picks and things like that that he would never get away with in the past that they let all the stars get away with that he's now getting away with. Completely. Yeah. No, I, no disagreement here. I mean, it's, I it's uh, that much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's that much more precise. You know, the moving picks are the ones he used to get killed with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, fighting around the screens too. He, you know, started last season in particular. He got he couldn't stay on the floor. I mean, over and over and over again. And and truthfully, he has got he gotten a bad whistle on all those Philly games too. So when we get into the uh, the outtakes here and we talk about the you know the upcoming week, um, you know, Philly having him on the floor is a big deal. It's a big, 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 big deal against Philly. Yep, it is. All right, let's get to those outtakes. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin. To pool and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. All right, outtake. So are we looking at next few games till we get into the I mean what are we gonna record this week? Right after the Philly game, maybe? Like almost post game after Philly? Well, that's a good idea. Thursday night, go after Philly. Um drop yeah, it on this- Friday, and then we can drop another one on Monday, Tuesday next week. Let's do so- that. Yep. So yeah. So we'll go. We'll go. Well. Yeah. What's on deck? Well, it's what's a, on It's deck? a back to back. We almost may want to go before the Philly game. Now that I'm silent thinking, because it's the, there's a there's a San Antonio game and then Philly's like the next day. So they go Wednesday, Thursday. They have an off day. They're home against the Spurs and then they go to Philly on Thursday. So. There's no, there isn't like a gap. All there, right, what I are guess, the next games? Give us the games. Give us the games. So tonight is Chicago. Yep. Tomorrow, or, or Monday is Washington, and then Wednesday, Thursday is Spurs, Sixers. I can't remember. I think we already predicted up to the Spurs game, but not including, right? I think that's. Uh, so yeah, I think we, that, yeah, we went. I think we I the said Washington they win game. one of these and lose the other one. I think. <clears> I think they. I think I predicted one and one on the back to back. Okay. Uh, originally, I, I'll have to go back and listen to the last episode, but this is where I thought the slide began. We might have even predicted the San Antonio game. Um, I'm going to go two and two this week. Two and two. Yep. I think they look ahead to Philly and lose to San Antonio, win the Philly game, lose the second night of a, you know, lose the back to back on Sunday this weekend. Uh, three and one, uh, but they lose the Spurs game. They're going to beat Philly. I think so you agree. So, so I, we're, I, we're on the same page. They well, yeah. look ahead to Philly yeah. and lose to San Antonio because of it. 
But I think they're going to beat Chicago because last year's Chicago game on the back end of a back-to-back, they played completely crap like they did in the first quarter against Atlanta on Friday night. I don't think they're going to have that same issue against Chicago. I think they're going to bring the fire and the pain. And uh, Tatum's going to be pretty fired up after having a really tough uh, shooting night against the Hawks. I think it's going to be uh, lights out in uh, <laughs> in Chicago, in the second city. So three and one. And uh, bring on the Sixers. I'm ready. We get to, we get to see Isaiah, too, right? We get to see IT. IT right before we go into that. Poor guy can't stay on the floor. That was kind of a bad luck thing, though. Like, it looked like, I mean, yeah, maybe he... It really looked like he pushed the official. It really did. But he was tied up with the guy. I mean, I don't yeah. think it's like... I mean, I think the benefit of the doubt should go to... The, okay, he's tied up. He falls into the guy. Maybe he pushes. Maybe he doesn't. But I, I feel like that's... You know, to to toss a guy, I just felt like that was a little quick, but whatever. That's you know, I I ride or die with Isaiah. It's just there was a second effort there. That's where he got into trouble. Yeah, you know, if, if that had all been in the flow of one motion, like he was trying to wrestle away from the the dust up or whatever, that'd be one thing. There's like a pause. His attention goes to the official, and then there's a push away. And I think that's you know whether that was intentional or not. I think that's what garnered the the T and and the ejection. But um. But You're then the whole right. fan thing, the whole fan thing and everything else, he's having a rough go. I, you yeah. know, and I think that was ridiculous, too. Like, you know, I mean, I know you're not supposed to go in the stands and all this, but it feels like a hard line. I agree, but it's a hard line and it's got to stay a hard line. Thanks to Ron Artest. So there you go. Well, it's still stupid. It is. <laughs> all right. Well, we had some great stats on this show. So what are you going to say, John? Uh, if you like stats and, and more, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs>